on this episode of PL and PJ's Forest Frustrate Reds. And so long, Stevie. Welcome back to the Premier League podcast with the coziest dress code. That dress code being one host wearing pajamas at a time. And the other wearing their business attire from the day because, unfortunately, now we are adults who have jobs. Uh, are we? I don't really want to cross that threshold sure. of becoming an adult. I'm more in the Peter Pan phase where I'm going to be a little boy forever. Wow, that's... Yeah, no, that's spot on. I guess you're still hoping that you can afford uh, to buy Trick cereal when you go to the <laughs> Cause supermarket. Because they're, they're only for kids, yeah. exclusively for kids. It's funny, they keep it behind a glass-locked door. I See, now, I've never seen that. No? I thought it was more of like a temptation for adults, like, try it. No, that, see what no you cannot. Wow. You literally cannot. <laughs> wow, okay, well, Jake is a child. I'm wearing pajamas. So I'm a child in business casual. And uh, we're here to talk about some English Premier League. Yeah, we've got no full 90 today. Unfortunately, we had a uh, technical difficulty. Some time constraints as yeah. well. Yeah, um, and so we are just going to just waltz right in to the first topic, which is Forrest, the Nottingham kind, <laughs> Yeah. beating Liverpool. The Liverpool kind. Yes, the, the ones that uh, the Beatles came from. Ah, yeah. I know them. Um, but Brent... Liverpool losing to a newly promoted side in Nottingham Forest 1-0 to start the week, I believe. It was the first game. Um, bright and early for us Americans. And Not bright and. Nice. Bright and. Just exactly. to make sure there's a clarification there. Uh, bright and hove early. Nice. For us. and Albion. They didn't look good, Brent. No. They did they, not look good. They looked bad. Um, I will say, Jake, uh, to our credit... Um, yeah, I guess this was their 12th match, technically. But we were the ones that did call out that it might take them wow. about 10 games to pull it all together. The Forest side with all their new signings. And sure enough, around their 10th match, they get a surprising victory against a Premier League mainstay who, while has been struggling this season, is still full of great players that, frankly... You hate to say it, yeah. are better than Forrest. Oh, dude, but they brought in like 20 players in the summer. I know you'd think Jesse Lingard could fit into yeah. any Premier League side any. right away. Not the case. No? <laughs> Not these days. He's been in really poor form, but making so much money on that team. Yeah, um, good for him, honestly. But Brent, I, I guess, is this up to a you know semi-reinvigorated Forrest team that is now meshing as we predicted? Or is this just the continued Liverpool struggles that we've seen throughout the season. And I guess outside of their like Champions League games, um, which they've been doing fantastic in, um, the Premier League has not gone their way. Yeah, I mean, even with that that loss, I mean, they're at 12 matches, but they are currently sat in eighth place, yeah. which is quite low in the table for them. Um, you know, plenty of other teams would be happy to be there, not Liverpool. They have higher expectations these and days. we're a third of the way through the season. And it's not yeah. like, I mean, your uh, trademarked phrase, early, early days, days, I think can still apply 
when talking about Liverpool being in eighth because, you know, two-thirds of the season to make up all that ground, and they are, on paper, a better team than um, six of the teams ahead of them. So I think that they will definitely, you know, crawl back, I guess climb back um, into the top six, maybe even the top four. But a bad start, not ideal for a Liverpool side that's used to winning on the regular. But uh, this is a Nottingham Forest segment, though. You we're, know, we're we're happy for Nottingham Forest. Exactly, that's what it's really about. Is it's not about they're, Liverpool. They're still on the bottom. They are dead last as but it we're stands. We're happy still. for them. They are tied on points with Wolves and Leeds, though. Leeds yeah. do have a game in hand, but still. Hey. But uh, this is a good sign. Maybe it leads to them um, getting some more points in the next uh, fixtures. We hope so. Uh, we we like to see that all of their summer signings are now coming together and kind of uh, getting that mojo. And uh, Brent has our their next uh, opponents. Well, Jake, it's funny that you say hopefully it's a sign of things to come because their next matches, they play Arsenal oh away. Gosh, I see this. They play Brentford at home. Palace at home, Man United away, and Chelsea at home. So they're going to have to hope to pull out those similar Liverpool results against the Premier League's big boys over the next few weeks. And I'm including Brentford in that. Good, good, yeah. good. Brent, I will say, um, I just peeked at that schedule. And Brentford and Crystal Palace are their last two fixtures before the break for the World Cup. Yep. They need to get points out of those games go out um, into the break on a high, and then they've got uh, what two or three weeks to prepare for Man oh, yeah. United and Chelsea after the break. So, you know, anything's possible. Um, I, I would like to see a contentious bottom three uh, for relegation fight. But right now it's still Nottingham Forest in the last spot. On the up and up. Aston Villa. Aston Villa. Only because they sacked Steven Gerrard. They were terrible before that, but then they bounced back after he's gone with a 4-0 victory over my Brentford Bees, which was very frustrating. They were uh, level on points with where Forrest are now. They sure were. Um, for that victory, and yeah, 4-0 against Brentford, which, as you just said, a, a big team. We are considering... The biggest in the Premier League. The biggest in London. Um, but yeah, I is this a direct correlation? Because correlation... Does, does equal causation. Exactly. Yeah, we no. Well, his last match, they lost 3-0 to Fulham, who has been, frankly, by their Premier League standards of late, resurgent this season. They're, sure. they're finally figuring it out. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's one of those situations where Steven Gerrard had such a good spell at Rangers before he came in. Yep. And even his first few matches with Villa looked so promising. The team were playing well. They were bought into his tactics. But then it just all kind of fell apart. And and to, to circle back to your point, Jake, or rather your question, mm-hmm. it could just be that sacking your manager effect where the team kind of responds in a, in a positive way to usually having some freedom. Then again, because there's no structure, there's no system, it's usually just the interim guy coming in and saying, hey, just, you know, do what you can, kind of stick to the same system you were before, but get out there and, and play. Because sure. no team sacks their manager because they're in a great spot and playing <laughs> well. Um, and and so, so it's possible that that is some causation, not correlation. 
But I, I think it's interesting to think about why it went so wrong. Yeah. Um, we you touched upon the tactics and, you know, I don't, I don't think the team really ever committed to it or at least they, they weren't uh, proving that they could play with those tactics and have success. Um, I don't think it's the quality of players. I think that they have a very good squad. And under his management, they brought in Emmy Bondia, they brought in Leon Bailey, and then Jacob Ramsey came up through the ranks. And those are three players going forward that are just at least good enough quality to not have nine points after 11 fixtures to start your Premier League season. So I, I think it has to be Gerrard and his tactics and either the team wasn't suited for it or he couldn't implement it enough into an effective way where they got the points that they needed. Um, and I think it was a deserved sacking. Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's a little bit of a situation where Gerard's style worked great at Rangers as a team that dominated a lot of possession, was near the top of the table always in the Scottish Premiership, but then trying to bring it over to Aston Villa, who, well, they have good players, and you even left it like Kamara, Diego Carlos. Like, they've got great players in their yeah. team. I think just the way that he wanted them to play didn't suit realistically where the team is at in the Premier League. They have lofty ambitions. They are, generally speaking, an upper mid-table team these days. But whatever Steven Gerrard was trying to introduce to the team just clearly was not clicking, was not fitting what the players were capable of doing, or it just wasn't resonating with them. And and I do think that, like you said, the sacking was deserved. And, you know, maybe he goes back to Scotland. We'll see where he goes next. It's not that you wish that he doesn't have success, but it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not going to compare and contrast the Scottish Premier League and the English Premier League. Uh, because Though they have similar names. <laughs> that is one of the few similarities because <laughs> uh, the quality is so different. Uh, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The tactics did not transfer over because um, a, a lot different league and the quality of team was not way above the rest of the league like he had with Rangers. Um, but Brent, the reason I pointed out uh, those few attacking players is because they had seven goals in 11 matches, which is just not good enough in the Premier League. They had more points than they had goals, which, I mean, you're not, you're not going to keep your job for long well, when, you're, when you're getting that sort of return from a team that has uh, the quality going forward. Yeah. And uh, he didn't. He didn't keep he his didn't. job. He didn't. That's exactly that, that, That's uh, the, the end of it. But uh, going forward for Aston Villa, Brent. Yeah, going forward, those forward players. They've got their new man. Good evening. Oh. I am Unai Emery. Wow. That was a very good impression of him. Have you thought about doing it as a career? Um. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, well, I've been turned I, down multiple times. Are you going to yeah. leave the podcast for that? <laughs> going to Hollywood. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm announcing this is my uh, last podcast because ah, I'm leaving to pursue my dream. As a voice actor, only doing impersonations of, of Unai of Emery. managers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. I like. Well, there is a guy on social media that got popular for doing. It. But anyway, <laughs> um, I think Jake. It's it's going to be interesting. He obviously did not have a lot of success with Arsenal, um, for whatever reason. They won a cup or something. Yeah, they did, but they weren't great. 
under Unai Emery, and obviously he he did get the sack. But uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what he does with this side as a man that is rejuvenated, the Europa League master, um, can perhaps get Aston Villa to uh, to Europa League final. I mean, he's won it like three times now, four times with Sevilla and Villarreal. So he's uh, possibly, maybe, maybe that's their side, is within the next five years they're like, we want a Europa League title. Yeah, I mean, that's an aspiration for sure. Um, but yeah, Unai Emery, I think, is a pretty brilliant manager. I think, I mean, you know, at Arsenal, as far as managers go, you, you don't have a, a lot of slack, you know, sure. short leash. And we saw that with him, uh, poor run of form, and he got the sack. Uh, but the way he ran Villarreal was quite impressive. I believe they made the semifinals of the Champions League last season. Am I making that up? That sounds right, but I wanted to, I thought it was like the quarters. But maybe did they go farther than that? I think they did. They beat Bayern. That's right. Yeah, I, I think they made that. the semis. Good memory. Look at the big brain on Jake. Yeah, I think they lost to uh, Liverpool in the semis. Huh. Um, what do you but, know? But yeah, uh, so he definitely knows what it takes to take a um, above average domestic team with you know Villarreal is not one of the top four clubs in uh, Spain but he's made them one but he's turned them into a, a team that can go anywhere and get a result I think he could do something similar with Aston Villa I think they have enough quality I think they are pretty on par with Villarreal in the sense of uh, quality of players so I think uh, it's going to be a great spell for Unai Emery and I think we see Aston Villa in Europe next season. Next season? Sorry. Finish in a European spot next season. Okay, that makes more yeah. sense. They're not yeah. going to finish in a European spot this season. That would be a lot of... Yeah. It so is two early years. days. They'll be, playing, they'll be playing in Europe in two years. There you go. Okay, I, I can buy into that. Um, yeah, it, it, we'll just have to see what happens. I mean, I'm kind of at the state where the World Cup is like such a... I don't want to call it a nuisance, but it, it's also an opportunity for somebody like Unai Emery, who is going to have two months with, again, a squad of players that most likely won't be going to the World Cup, that he can just teach them his system for two months. And then when they come back to the Premier League, you won't even know what to expect. Like, right. like it's just kind of a blank slate. Yeah, I think what I saw from maybe it's Fabrizio Romano, I think he officially takes over on November 1st. Yeah. So he's only got two matches in charge. Before the break. And, and he's then, not going to make a lot of changes in that time. You know? Absolutely not. And then you have, what, 95% of your squad there to work for two or three weeks, however long the break is, with a new manager, new system, new type of play. And I think that they come out of the break. I don't know who they play first game back. Um, would have to look that up. I think they come out firing and get a good result there and just uh, cruise on from there. And there's no even thought of relegation. Well, Jake, it's funny you say that. Because you know who else has no thought of relegation, surprisingly, this season? Is it the newly promoted, hot, 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 Serbians' own Fulham? Yes. American and Serbian conjoined Fulham. Mm -hmm. We can all hold hands and rejoice for Fulham as Americans and Serbians. Are we Serbian? Apparently. Oh. Well, we support Fulham's Americans, so... I wonder if we say Serbia enough, Serbia, if there's some sort of algorithm 
that this episode oh, gets we'll picked get up really in, in Serbia. Serbia. In Serbia. Well, speaking <laughs> of Fulham and their Serbian striker from Serbia, Mitrovic, who's from Serbia. We picked Fulham to win versus Everton. Not in Serbia. <laughs> no. In England. In England. At plus 135 odds. An Everton, Everton side that just won their first game after losing three in a row. So they stopped the skid, but going to Craven Cottage. Craven Cottage. Craven. Um, just makes me think of uh, Game of Thrones. Who's Craster? Craster's Keep. Craster's Keep. I don't know why. Yeah. Anyways, um, they, that's a tough task to go away to Fulham um, and pick up any points. So we don't think they do. We think they're the same old Everton, and they just had one good home performance. That Fulham come away with a dub. Yeah, Fulham's in great form, and you know who else is in good form, Jake, is Crystal Palace. They're having a pretty solid season so far, and we think that form continues in their match against Southampton, where for our game pick of the week, we have Palace to beat the Saints at minus 108 at Selhurst Park, not in Serbia. Yeah, I think Southampton are one of the teams that have kind of gone under the radar so far this season. They're not in too bad of shape where we have to talk about them being relegated, but they're not good enough where they're going to be in the conversation for the top half of the table. So I think um, the Crystal Palace side who who likes to play at home, coming off a tough defeat away at Everton, I think that they they come out and get the win at minus 108. We, We like those odds, but what we... Odds that we like... Even more, which... This is a big one. We could have put this under surprise odds, to be completely honest. Only one sports book so far that we've found has these odds, and that's Barstool. But it's Leeds team total for yellow card or for cards in general. At over two and a half cards, we got those odds at plus 225. Brent, who is a, you know a user of Barstool Sportsbook, yep. already put all his hard earned farm, farm yeah. into it and uh, is going to win, you know, threefold or, you know. I'll win some money. Net for threefold. sure. Yeah, it's it's one of those situations, Jake, one of those classic situations where Jesse Marsh has to win this game to keep his job. His players don't look very energized. I could see him throwing a lot of things out the window and just saying go out and play super aggressive. It's a game that lends his system against you know a better team that'll keep possession. They should play well, and they'll play very aggressive. And those accumulation of fouls are going to add up, and they're going to result in some yellow cards. And at plus 225, let me, let me check my calculator. Beep, boop, beep, boop. Oh, it's free. Wow. <laughs> it's wild. That's insane. And, Brent, we're talking about the team that led the league in yellow cards per game um, last season. I, I just don't see how they don't pick up Three, isn't it away at Liverpool? I think yeah. so. Yeah. So it's a tough ask. The narrative that you mentioned about Jesse Marsh definitely goes into that. Absolutely going to pick up three yellow cards. I'm saying two in the first half, one after halftime before 60 minutes. Wow. Stress-free. Stress-free. Take a $100,000 farm loan out from the bank. Of farms. Of farms. And place it on this, because it's a sure thing. It's a lock. It's got the PLMPJ's seal of approval. Bam. 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 Pow. Pow. Are you saying, are you saying pow? Pow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, 
Wait, Brent, we we could not skip ahead to g- giggles this yeah, oh, early. Shoot. Yep, you're right. We have one more to go. We have the Pirates Code bet of the week, the oh, parlay. And first up, first leg of this one, we got City and Leicester, both teams to score. Reasoning behind that, Brent said to me, look me dead in the dead eye. In the eye. Look deep into the windows of your soul. Wow, and said, Leicester, they've got the confidence back. They're going to score. City are going to freaking crush them. Oh, absolutely. But Leicester, they're going to score. Absolutely. I mean, they just they just scored four in their last match and two in the match before that. And that was a way. Yeah. Yeah. They're looking great right now. They, they're hot. But, Jake, to add the peg leg on top of that, we've got our, our leg and our peg leg. Right. The two legs the two of legs. a pirate. Exactly. So, in our peg it's leg, nice visual. we have Tottenham to beat Bournemouth, which on its own... Maybe not the best odds, but when you combine those two together. Dare I say, parlay. Yes. Plus 194. That's almost doubling what you got. It's almost the length of two Pirates of the Caribbean movies together. 194 minutes plus 194. It's meant to be. That was a stretch. (laughs) That was definitely a stretch. I'm not stretching. I'm sitting nice. on top of this parlay that I'm so comfortable in the pirate's booty I'm going to get from it. Wow. I'm just casually hanging out. Yeah, I'd say what, 210 would be the total minutes of two Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah, Depending on which movie. here nor there. You know, it's, um, <laughs> nobody, nobody saw the new one, so we can subtract like 10 minutes from, sure, sure, sure. from the old ones. Um, but ridiculous math aside, um, these are about? all great bets. If you are fortunate to have a farm, a farm, or two, or two, whatever you want, whatever you feel comfortable, however putting many on farms these, you're willing to wager, exactly, um, do it on these bets and yep. not other bets because we did hours upon hours of research, yep, and we would stake our souls on these bets. Um, All the time we could have spent coming up with a full ninety, with a full ninety, we spent we spent on these bets. bets. Um, maybe even over a slight oversight. Uh, but we don't take anything back. No, we don't. And, Jake, the only thing that we take back are the things that we kick back, which are our drinks. Ooh, that was fun. And from what I can see, I think our drinks are empty. Absolutely. I'm going to go snuggle up under a nice blanket because I'm all cozy in my pajamas, and it's getting cold outside, and there's some dogs barking out there. And I'm going to go home. Oh. Because I hate it here. Um, All right, well. No giggles from the only podcast with a cozy dress code. That dress code. Jammies! Jammies! Um, happy fall, everyone. And, and praise Hypnotoad. Praise Hypnotoad. Go Frogs. Go Frogs.